Hey guys, welcome to the Young Shepherd Podcast, a podcast for young adults trying to navigate life and ministry and growing up and doing all those things together. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Coburn, and I'm joined today with our other host, Mike O'Daniel. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, what's going on? Um, so let me, let me tell you a brief story on how this got started. Um, I'm laying in bed, say one o'clock in the morning, uh, give or take a couple hours. Sounds about right. And uh, I thought, man, uh, there's, there's not really uh, a resource for just young adults in the ministry. There's a lot of resources for young adult groups. There's a lot of resources for pastors. But there's not a lot of resources for just um, young adults who feel the calling on God's life. Um, and, and just where to go from there. You know what I mean? What does it look like to serve in the church? What does it look like to talk to your family about wanting to work in a church? What does it look like? Um, to you know, to, to quit a, a decent paying job to to work at a church, or just to to spend all your time at a church. You know what I mean? Like, what what happens when your parents start saying you're in a cult? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? It's there isn't a lot for people who from coming out of high school, coming out of college, wanting to jump right into ministry. You know, so often people think that you have to be some old uh, fuddy-duddy that is supposed to be up in front of people preaching a message when in reality for those of us who start out in ministry it's it's not that at all no no it's it's not it's a lot of a lot of pamphlet folding it's a lot of getting there early it's a lot of vacuuming it's a lot of cleaning toilets mm, um, setting up tearing down yeah especially if you're at, at, at a younger church a lot of Sarah yeah. down um and so, yeah, so I, I figured a good place to start um, would just be for you guys to understand who, who me and Mike are. So um, I'm just going to interview Mike and uh, let's hear what, uh, Mike's story. So, Mike, let me ask you a couple questions up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Are you a Christian? Yes, yes. Oh. I, I am a Christian. That's uh, good. Step one in working in a church. <laughs> is that you are qualified. Qualified. Qualified, yes. yeah. And, and obviously for, for those who may not know, uh, I believe it's in First Timothy chapter four, uh, where you get the qualifications for uh, elders and uh, deacons, but also is a good uh, for those just starting out a good uh, foundation for what we're called to being in ministry. Yeah. So, so Mike, now that we know you're a Christian, have you always been a Christian? Uh, no. No? no. What, what's what's that story look like? What was, what was Mike like before Mike knew Jesus? Yeah, that's that's a complicated question, but uh, I'm gonna try to answer it as best I can. So Mike, let me take you back just a little bit. Mike, growing up, I was uh, raised in a Christian home. Uh, I was basically born into uh, the church, uh, which is a really cool thing, really awesome thing that God blessed me with and. Um, looking back, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Looking back, it's such an awesome uh, part of my testimony is that I grew up with God-loving, God-fearing parents who raised me uh, biblically. Um, and I think that there were certainly aspects of, of when I was growing up that I did take uh, to heeding who God was and his word. Um, but I definitely knew how to play the role of a Christian. 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I I knew how to say all the right things to make people know that you know I was I was a Christian without actually putting in the work to being a Christian. Uh, and I don't mean ministry wise. I mean actually abiding in Jesus. I was never uh, fully spending time in His Word. I was never in prayer. Um, I just made everything about my life looked that way. And so in high school, I was very, uh, very two faced. Mm -hmm. And so at church, I was, uh, at church, I was, I was the goody goody two shoes. I was, uh, I had a nickname. My nickname was Bible answer boy. Cause I knew that I, if somebody asked me, Hey, where, you know, what does the Bible say about this? I could tell you, yeah, here's a passage. Here's this passage. Here's, you know, uh, I could always be the first one to turn and flip to the right passage that we needed to talk about. Uh, but at school, because I was public schooled, I was a completely different person. Uh, but only only certain aspects of school. I was also in high school president of the Christian club. And so I had to put on some other sort of facade. But then with my non-Christian friends, I'd be... Um, let, let me ask you this. Living a life where you would say, oh, like I'm kind of like just... Uh, doing it for show, I'm putting on the right face, and then also having a Christian club. Was that was that obligated? Did did you have did you run the Christian club because uh, you were told to? Because you wanted to? What 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 was that like? I wanted to run the Christian club because I love attention mm. and I like being in front of people yeah. and being the center of attention and leading people. So um, I obviously knew enough about God and who God was to lead a club, whether that was, I would, I think I preached maybe once or twice every year. Um, but I would bring in different youth pastors to come and speak. I would set up the food and the games and I I ran everything. And I liked that because then people would know, Oh, Mike ran runs Christian club. It's Mike's Christian club. And so it was, it was a desire, but it was a very selfish desire. Yeah. And so, Later on my senior year, probably December or January of my senior year, I um, I got into some trouble. I, I, I was very flirtatious and, and promiscuous. Um, and basically, um, my reputation fell apart uh, because people found out that I was uh, – I wasn't sleeping with anyone, but I was getting as close to the line of yeah. sex as possible. And people found out. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, I was pulled from Christian club and being a leader in Christian club. Uh, I was pulled from the youth group. I was basically pulled from every type of ministry possible, which was great in the grand scheme of things, because what that did was that pushed me to, um, to really figure out if God was, was real. And what I'll even also add on to that was, uh, two years Prior to that, my mom passed away in a drunk driving accident. Mm -hmm. And so there were questions of, man, God, if you love me so much, why did you do this? Uh, And so there was a whole culmination of things. And one of the the greatest things to happen was my sister, Erin, who was a missionary with uh, Youth with a Mission, Mm -hmm. or YWAM, my senior year posted on my Facebook and she was stationed out of Nashville. And all she posted on my Facebook was Tennessee is calling. And so instead of pursuing college, I said, you know what, I'll just go and 
I'm just going to pursue God. And, and that was from your, uh, a Facebook post that your sister had posted on, on your wall. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It changed everything. I was going to go to Biola University, study to become a youth pastor, even though I, there was no way that I was qualified isn't the right word, but I, Maybe I was not in the right place, the okay. right state of mind, the right state of heart. Uh, and so I ended up going to Tennessee and I remember, uh, the very first week they were, for those of you who don't know why Wyoming is much more charismatic, um, uh, which is not a bad thing at all. I, I love YWAM and the people of YWAM, but now I'm serving in a Calvary chapel, which is much more on the, um, Bible end of things. Yeah. So when I went, they started talking about my, my first week, they started talking about hearing God's voice and they said, Hey, you can hear God's voice. And I remember they said, why don't you go ahead and just pray that God would speak to you? And I remember praying and having this battle within myself of going, man, you know, does God even want to speak to me? Is he going to? And I just remember kind of just sitting there and the Lord, uh, He put, he spoke to me in a really clear way. And what it was is that a word in bold white letters across the my mind's eye said restore, restored. And right after that, there was a picture in my mind of me. This is going to sound weird, but I'm going to say it anyways because it's really cool. I was getting in in a vision in my head. I I got a picture of me sitting in a chair and Jesus was giving me a back massage. <laughs> I know it sounds super weird, but one of my love languages is physical touch, and so I love giving people back massages. Yeah, I'll go up to people and just rub their back and um, different things like that. And, and 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 so what God was saying to me was, Hey, even though you screwed up, yeah, even though you were not doing things right i love you enough that i'm going to restore you yeah to even more than you can and so that for me i was not always a christian but it wasn't until night i was 19 that i would truly say that i i got saved that i knew that god was real Mm -hmm. and that he wanted something from me and within those three years that i spent at ywam god was molding me to become a youth pastor yeah so would you say you're your lowest point was, would you say was either when, when your mom passed or would you say maybe your lowest point was when you got, um, you, when, when you say like your sin caught up with you in high school? Where do yeah. you, where do you think, um, I, I'm, I, I've lost, um, a, a father, so I know losing a parent can be very devastating. Um, but was that, was that like your lowest or was that just another, um, was that another phase? Do you think that that maybe your mom passing, uh, maybe you needing love from from other women you missing yeah. that that then um translated to you seeking out attention from other girls do you think that's what i would say yeah is that my mom's death i would say that i still am the biggest mama's boy that i know mm-hmm. if my mom were here today uh and sitting in a rocking chair i would go sit on her lap and and you would break her well that would hurt your mom well that's a bad joke <laughs> but that's okay uh I probably would. She was she was tiny, man. She was she was my height. She was like five three, uh, but man, um, she was a gymnast though. So oh, she, she was strong. Oh, so she, so was, she would beat you up. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, that was the lowest 
point in my life. Mm-hmm. My mom dying, um, and she died be- being selfless. Uh, she actually uh, veered away enough that it saved my, my younger sister mm-hmm. in the accident. And so she was just always showing me who God was without me knowing it. She was the type of mom that would be up early in the morning before school with her cup of coffee reading her Bible and praying and writing in a journal. And uh, and so to lose my sense of, really, of God yeah, would, would be my lowest point. And then everything that happened after that up until I heard from the Lord, mm-hmm. and, and even when I would fall after that uh, and stumble after that, was a result of me seeking and searching for the love of a mother yeah. in all the wrong places. Yeah, no, I, I definitely relate to that. I uh, I come from a split family, and so my uh, when I was five, my parents split. My mother got custody of my younger sister. My father got custody of me. I never really had my mom around. Um, my, I had younger siblings from uh, a different relationship my father was involved in. So in a similar way, I didn't have a lot of attention. So I quickly began seeking out attention from, from friends. Mm. And then uh, I did that at, at a young age. And so um, once puberty comes around and, and once bodies yeah. start to mature, seeking love from friends and maybe a sense of just attention uh, very quickly turns sensual. Yeah, develops really quickly. Re- really into, fast. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize this podcast was going to be about uh, about sex. It ju- it just went there. <laughs> I hope it's not every episode. No, no. Well, I I don't I don't think it will be. But but on that one one of the things that I always think about when I think of like temptation in that way, um, and, and and this is uh, this is a great reminder for just any single person serving in the ministry. Um, I was uh, I was listening to a message or an interview one time by a pastor by the name of Raul Reese. He, he's a very respected pastor in Calvary Chapel. And um, someone asked him the question, hey, how do you, what advice do you give your young single men on staff? And his thing was, I tell him to never be alone with girl. Mm-hmm. And that uh, sexual sin or sexual temptation is the only temptation that we're called to flee from. Yeah. All other temptation, whether that's stealing, anger, you know, wh- whatever, we're called to resist that, right? Yeah. Sexual temptation is the only temptation we're called to flee. And I think the issue is a lot of people think God's going to give you, like God's not going to give you the strength to resist something he's already called you to flee from, Ooh. right? Can you, say so, that? Can you say that again? Yeah, God's not going to give you the the strength to resist something something he's already called you to flee from mm. right so it, it seems like lots of times um whether that's pride on our parts or whatever we, we think oh like i'm i'm strong enough. I, I i can i can withstand this temptation when in reality like you think that god's going to give you the backup but god's already called you to retreat from that battle right yeah. god's not calling you to fight it um and uh, what i thought was interesting was in this interview that he was in he said if i'm alone with a girl long enough i, I will fall in the sexual temptation and this man's in his, like, 70s, been a pastor for close to 50 years. Um, and it was like, wow, if, if someone um, who's been in ministry that long, who's proved themselves faithful time and time again, has the mindset of, hey, if, if, I, if I'm alone with a girl for too long, I, I will inevitably fall into sin. Yeah. Right? Hey, I will too. I'm Absolutely. not. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And um, well, There's a story of, of the young pastor and the old pastor who were, who were meeting up for lunch one day and... 
you know, you had a young pastor in his 30s and an old pastor in his 70s and uh, a, a, a beautiful woman walks by in a, in a, in a, in revealing clothing and, uh, you know, the young pastor watches her walk by and looks at the old pastor and says, when does it get easier? When does, when does temptation get easier? And, and the old pastor looked at him without missing a beat and said, I'll let you know. Yeah. It it never goes away. No. And and it's so easy to trip up and fall into it. Uh and so we we have to be ready and and be prepared and like I I love that quote that you said that God has already called us to flee. So there's no reason yeah that we need to be putting ourselves in Yeah. Yeah, so you were you were in high school, right? Yep. yep. Through a series of events, you 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 got exposed, right? Yep. Um when I was in Bible college, they they always made us uh, repeat. It, it's a Bible verse, and I don't have the exact address, but it's a. I believe it's in Proverbs. I could be wrong, but it says, "Be sure your sins will always find you out." Oh, my mom and so always told me. We that. would have to repeat that. The pastor would say, "Be sure your sins will find you out," and like as like all thirty of us, "Be sure your sins will find you out." And I remember one day I, I was in, um, I, I was just like neck deep in sin, and I'm I'm, I'm sitting in in a car I shouldn't have been sitting in with someone I shouldn't be sitting with. And I just said, like, be sure your sin will, will find you out. And and that was, um, I, I got out of the car and, and I sought help right after that. But um, so that happens for you. you. You get exposed, right? Your sin catches up yeah. with you. You're leading the Christian. What happens to the Christian club? Yeah, so so I get exposed. Uh, my youth pastor called me. Um, and, and, and I'll just say that throughout this ex- the experience with, with my church, um, there, there was a lot of hurt that came from it. Ooh. Uh, there was a lot of... Was it a small church? No. No, it was a, it was a pretty big church. You, you, five, you were just super popular. Yeah, everybody knew who I was. I had been at that church for since I was, oh, shoot, 2006 to the incident happened in 2012. I was oh, there yeah. when the church was like 60 people oh, okay. and grew to 600 people. Wow, that's a fast growth. Yeah. So it was a big church, and, and when... And I say what I'm what I'm going to say next is is on the other side of it as a youth pastor, but the way that the youth pastor, I believe then, um, there wasn't a lot of grace shown. Mm, yeah. Um, and I say that knowing that I full well did terrible things, and and there were consequences and should have been consequences. Um, but there was a lot of anger from the youth pastor to the youth and it, and it brought a lot of hurt. Um, and so I had to deal and wrestle with, uh, a lot of that hurt, um, and figure out as God was leading me towards being a youth pastor. Okay. How, what's the line where, where, where's grace in, yeah. in all of it. And so, um, When that happened, the youth pastor told me three things. Uh, he said, number one, you need to confess your sins to, to the Lord. So go home, confess your sins to the Lord. Number two, call the other youth pastor who, who runs the Christian club and tell him that you have to step down. And I did both of those things. Uh, and then the third thing he told me was to tell um, to tell my dad everything. And... And I had to sit down and tell my dad about 
um, about all the things that I did with with these different girls and, uh, and but also things that had led up to it of, of a porn addiction and um, some some things in my my past that just weren't okay and um, and I remember telling my dad and he sat there and he looked at me after I said everything and all he said was we're gonna get through this yeah that's good and again consequences were dealt out mm-hmm. from my dad uh, but the thought of yeah, you were wrong, but it's going to be okay because, number one, the Lord has forgiven you, but let's let's now do better, and let's, let's move forward. Let's not sit in the past. Let's keep moving forward, and so it was really good. The Christian club, after that point, I was just an attendee, and it got passed to my friend Nathan, uh, who still, to this day, after almost 10 years uh, holds a grudge a little bit about me having to pass it off to him because <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't like that because then I, oh sorry guys that was my phone that fell out I apologize it's not gonna sound good on the first podcast <laughs> but he he still he still doesn't like it but the but the college or the Christian club ended up still being okay and um, and ultimately, the best thing was that I, after all of it, and being in such a low point, and everything being taken away, and the Lord speaking to me and saying, hey, I'm going to restore you uh, to even more than you can imagine, and now being on that that side of it, and being a youth pastor with a wife and a baby, going, man, you really have, Lord. You have fully restored me uh, to even more than I could have imagined, uh, and Man, God, God is good, in, in in that way. And so I've been now being a youth pastor for five years. Yeah. Uh, in all of my early twenties. Wow, that's powerful. So your mom passes away. Yep. You struggle for a couple of years. Yep. You, you start a Christian club. You end up getting your sin catches up with you. You graduate high school. You you, you said you go to YWAM? Yep. Is that right? And you're in YWAM for three years. Yes. What did you do for those three years? Yes. Yes. For those three years. So uh, the first six months of YWAM is what's known as a DTS or a discipleship training school. So uh, it's a six-month program where the first three months is an intensive um, discipleship course, getting to know the Word, reading through the entire New Testament, um, going through uh, and studying different aspects of who God is and his character, uh, you know, the father heart of God or, um, you know, why the word is uh, the invaluable word of God, uh, different things like that. Um, and then after that, those three months, then you spend three months abroad. And so I went for my uh, uh, outreach portion is what it's called. Uh, I went to Budapest, Hungary, um, and then I went to Romania as well. So we spent a month in Budapest and a month in a place called Cluj, Romania. And then after that, um, the next year, the next fall, so it had been a whole year, I ended up uh, helping lead uh, a discipleship training school. And so I was a small group leader at the age of 19 or 20, um, and 
helping people navigate, you know, who, who is God, who am I, you know, uh, all those questions that they come in with, all the, the hurt that they bring, and then I led a outreach team to Uganda. Right. And so, um, and I spent three months in Uganda leading a team, uh, and then the last year of YWAM, I was doing mobile teams. So I I was in charge of taking a team uh, to different churches and basically uh, talking, preaching the gospel, but also presenting YWAM. Yeah, uh, like a YWAM ambassador of kind. Basically, yeah, but yeah. also going to different youth groups and, and preaching the gospel and preaching uh, different places that we went to. We went to on one of our trips. We went to the to the nation's capital and prayed, um, and were able to to hang out there as well. But yeah, so my time in Wyoming, uh, three years worth of ministry in ministry in a much different way than I'm doing it now. So. Yeah, and this was in Tennessee, correct? Yes, this was in Tennessee. That's what Tennessee was calling about, and you picked up the phone. I did. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, it, it didn't ring for long. Yeah, it was a it short was a, call. It was a short call. Was it a spam call? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it was not a spam call because it was real stuff and it was real good. And I love Tennessee. I have yeah. no ill feelings. I remember going to Tennessee and being there for the first couple of weeks and then telling God, I'm never, never going back to California. Yeah. I don't want to go back. I, I have people here. And I have ministry here, and then three years later, the Lord's like, hey, uh, let's go back to California. And your wife lived in Tennessee, or she's from Tennessee? No, my wife is from uh, Virginia originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, so a similar area, though. Yeah, the South. She's from yeah. the South. Uh, she's a she's a Southern girl. She only lived there for 12 years. Okay. Um, so she doesn't have a Southern accent or anything. Um, sometimes it comes out. Yeah. Some different words. Uh, but... Uh, Interestingly enough, I did not meet her while I was living in the South, mm. in Tennessee. Yeah, It wasn't until I came back in 2015 uh, that I met her at a college group that I was going to okay. attending for the church that I would eventually become the youth pastor at. And so what, what, what did that look like, God calling you to come back to California? What did that look like for you? Yeah, it was really hard. Um, I was training to do another mobile team, and... I went to a a pastor's house and he basically asked me, what is it that God has called you to do? And I said, ultimately, I think long-term God wants me to be a youth pastor. Um, and he goes, I remember him saying, are you taking the necessary steps to do that? And when I looked at where I was at in YWAM, I said, no. And so then I started to pray about it and I knew God wanted me to come back. Uh, I was broke at the time, and, and when I mean broke, I I couldn't even find a penny even if I looked under a couch. Um, there was a girl that came to look at the school at the YWAM base in Nashville, and they ended up turning her down from going to the school uh, for different reasons um, that... I'm not able to say, but uh, it's not my place to say. Um, but she told me, hey, I have an extra, you know, couple thousand dollars now. 
let me buy your plane ticket to California. Wow. And that's when I knew. I was like, okay, this is that's a confirmation yeah. that God wants me back in California. Yeah, I mean, where God guides, he provides. Every time. You know what I mean? Every that's, time. Yeah, that's that's powerful, you know what I mean? And I'm sure um yeah, well, that's, you know, and that's a lot of faith on her part, too, to because I'm sure she probably saved up money to go to YWAM. She did. Yeah. Um, I think she's actually still living over there. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I know, a lot of good things for her. Yeah. Um, but she was able, what was crazy is that we lived in the same town in California. She came from the exact same town in River Park. Wow. Uh, and came to check out the school. And so we we ended up flying back here together. Wow. Um, and then she it ended up flying right back. Um, I, I think it was a couple months or something yeah. like that. But um, it was um, it was so cool on God's part to, to just, I want you to go. Here's the money. Now go. Yeah. And what was crazy is I was, that was in September of 2015. And I had told the Lord, okay, I'm going to finish out the, the quarter. I'm going to go until Christmas, and then uh, and then I'll figure out maybe Dad will pay for a plane ticket home for yeah. Christmas. <laughs> and, hey, I'm staying. Um, not that. Not that. That was that was not never going to happen. And so the Lord made sure that, no, I don't want you staying until December. Mm-hmm. I want you going now. And so yeah. I ended up coming back in October of 2015. Um and right before I left, I had posted on Facebook, hey, everybody, I'm coming back. I'm going to be a youth pastor, uh, and I'm going to go to Bible college. Um, so, yeah, uh, just your support, your prayers. And the pastor of the church I go to now and the pastor that I am under now, his name is Sean, he ended up Facebook messaging me and asking, hey, if you're interested, we have a youth pastor position open. Mm. Uh, I saw your post, and if you'd be willing uh, to come and try out the church and uh, and try out uh, the youth group and see if it's a fit and see if this is where God has you. And so it was just another confirmation to me that I'm no longer supposed to be in Tennessee. Yeah. I need to go. I need to go home. And I came home. Yeah. And, and so now you're here. Um, Sean reaches out to you. You you took I mean we obviously know now you you, you took it um, was that tough with because that wasn't your home church that wasn't the church that you left to go to Wyoming from right no it, and and I think that we'll get more into this later uh, in different episodes um, this is not my original home church this was a church that a sibling of mine had gone to um, but there was a a, a falling out. Um, between pastor and my my sibling and Mm. so it was not a great fit per se yeah um it was an unorthodox fit unorthodox fit yeah yeah Yeah. uh it didn't seem like the 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 square was going to go into the circle hole but it ended up working yeah and uh god in his sovereignty knew that this is where i needed to be um and I haven't, God hasn't called me away yet, and I love it here. Yeah, that's good. And so um, now you're, you're, you're serving. You said you have a wife, you have a daughter. Um, how long have you been doing high school ministry? Yeah, so I think I started, uh, must have been, oh, it was December because uh, of 2015. 
I had just asked my wife out on a date, oh. uh, the like the week before, mm-hmm. um, and I started going going to pray for the youth group at first, and then I ended up starting just to be there, just to see if I would at least fit in, and then probably a couple months in, I would say, oh February March of 2016, I it was it was mine. So now five years. Five years, um, and how old are you now? I'm now 28. I'll be 29 in March. So you you were 23 when you took over the youth group. 23 when I took 20. over the youth group. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So you've it makes it feel you've been, you've been like a long time. You've been well. Well, high school is four years long. So yeah. you've you've seen you've gone through one entire rotation. Yeah. At, at least. Yes. Yeah. I, I'd say that's right. I've seen a couple different, obviously classes, go. But we really just lost our first uh, graduates. Yeah. The ones that... That started off that with you as started freshmen. up and went through. Yeah. Uh, so we lost five seniors. Okay. Uh, and, man, that was hard. Yeah. Well, so, and, and just for, for everyone listening, in a youth group of, say, what, say 20? Yeah. In a youth group of 20, you lose five people. That You just lost a quarter of your, yeah, your whole youth group. Yeah, that's also a hard thing. Yeah. yeah we don't have a, a, a necessarily big youth group. Uh, we have a very unique youth group. But when when you do have 20 and lose five, it, it hurts. It hurts big time. And yeah. you feel it every week. Yeah. So. So I, I think that's uh, that's probably time for today. Um, yeah. Mike uh, Mike has to get home for for bath time with his baby. <laughs> no, you see, I said that <laughs> once. You see, I said that once, and now you're just gonna keep that on. Ah, I'm gonna go home because right now, you know, wherever you are in podcast land, it is now ten o'clock here in when we're when we're recording this. So um, it is about time to go home. I got to be up early for work. Um, but man, we really, Jared and I's heart for this is that, that for those of you who are just stepping into ministry, uh, for your very first time, or maybe you've only been in for a year or two that you would be able to, that God would, would use this podcast as a resource for you Yeah, and something that you can use to springboard off of, um, and that you could relate to, to the things that we've gone through, the challenges that we've faced uh, as we've grown up in ministry. Um, and our heart is just for you guys. Our heart is that uh, you would all continue to um, running run the race that God has called you to run yeah, and, and to not give up. But, man, there, there are witnesses all around you, even this podcast, pushing you on to continue running the race that God has called you. Even though ministry at our age, uh, you know, when I started at 23 and now at 28, uh, it's hard and it's difficult. But, man, we're here for you to continue pushing you and all that God has for yeah. you. Amen, dude. So, hey, thank you guys for listening. Um, and hopefully we'll be back soon with another episode of the Young Shepherd Podcast. But until then, guys, stay blessed and stay safe.